live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Jaluk, who came back to work, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not spend his weekend bashing Republicans. Joe Biden giving multiple speeches, including a big Labor Day address yesterday. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen, and when he wasn't lying about beating the pharmaceutical companies, he was lying through his old veneers about the beating our economy is taking from his policy. This guy's a serious ass. We will discuss it with comedian Dave Landau and Democratic strategist Kevin Walling. We'll be here as well as your fine self at 888-788-9910. We're back from the long Labor Day break, but the rules have not changed in our absence. You can be a Republican on this show. You can be a Democrat. We don't care. Just don't be a Happy Tuesday, everybody. If you watched me on the five yesterday on the back to school special, if you were one of the three and a half million people who got a look at my high school yearbook picture. What the hell is wrong with you? That's what I was saying to the producers when they aired it. We didn't know that was coming. But if you missed me on the five yesterday uh, or you did watch, we have reposted the clips on the Fox Across America Facebook page. It was great fun. Uh, I was on with Dana Perino this morning as well. And I will be on with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable little comedy dwarf, tonight at 11 p.m. on the Fox News channel. That is the the uh, TV end of your Jimmy Fallon update, the personal end. You need to know this. Uh, I have to, I'm going on a diet. Like, I actually have to go on a diet. I feel like I'm, le- I'm letting down uh, the fans <laughs> in saying this. But I stepped on the scale this morning at 255 pounds. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Yo, 255. I'm 6'1". If you can top that, call in. But I'm just telling you, as a guy who's got to go on TV, uh, it might be time to, you know, I don't know, give up the fun stuff, uh, for lack of a better phrase. You're killing yourself the way you eat, you fat f- Look at you. So that is the that is the campaign promise to you. I'm 255. If you one of these people who listens to the show every day and keeps stock of my little personal updates, the goal has to be I don't know 230 by Thanksgiving. Is that fair? Can you give me 25 pounds by Thanksgiving? I actually have to do that because I usually gain 25 pounds on Thanksgiving alone. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. It's never pretty. But yes, I am giving up the fun stuff. I'm going to wean it in just a little bit. And uh, the next time we have this conversation, I should be about 25 pounds lighter. Joe Biden not giving up uh, on any level the bashing of Republicans over the weekend. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. That is the politics to English translation as to what happened. I always say on this program, the thing that makes it work is that I can talk to you on your level because your level is my level. I'm a regular guy. I prioritize the things you prioritize. You know, I don't bring a ton of intellect to the table. I don't come from some high-minded educational background. I certainly don't have any type of formal broadcast training. My goodness. Uh, But the point is, I care about the things you care about. And uh, I am not an activist. I'm a talk show host. I like to converse honestly with you. So here's where we honestly find ourselves. We are 63 days, 63 days from the midterms. And there has been a calculated decision internally by the strategists that run the Democratic Party to make everything, everything between now and Election Day about MAGA. 
you know, the bad MAGA, the dark MAGA, MAGA, return of the MAGA, the MAGA strikes back, the whole thing. They're going big MAGA. And again, on paper, you'd say, why? You know, we have a 40-year record level of inflation right now in this country. Did we have that under MAGA? The answer would be no. But how about the border? We've got a porous border. It's leading to a record level of fentanyl deaths. Do we have it under MAGA? The answer would be no. Gas prices, weren't they this high under MAGA? The answer would be no. No, they were $2 cheaper. The problem is Biden's in a really bad spot right now, strategically. The Democrats don't want to run with him. Every time somebody gets asked if they're here to endorse Joe Biden running again in 2024, he's like, oh, no, I was uh, uh, just getting fixed up on a date by Jeffrey Epstein. I was just I'm just here to hang out with R. Kelly. Uh, We were going on the double date. Nobody wants to admit they're embarrassed to be associated with Joe Biden. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to do the old you should see the other guy. You know, the old joke when a guy walks into a bar, he's got like a black eye. Fat lip, nose is dripping blood. And he goes, yeah, but you should see the other guy. You think I'm bad. You see the other guy. And that's exactly what Biden's doing right now is he's trying to make the conversation about anything but himself because he and the people running this administration have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris and I approve this message. But they just they just don't know. So let me start here. Because I, of course, did our show Thursday was not in on Friday which is, of course, the morning after Biden's absurd code red speech where he lined up uh, the military, you know, got a couple of Marines behind him in Philadelphia, dim the lights blood red like it was a scene from V for Vendetta, one of those weird shows, and started telling us, you know, MAGA's extreme, you know, fascism and extremism. And I always get mad when this happens. Because I know you. I know the people listening to the show. I meet you at tons and tons of events. I never stop talking about these events. It's crazy. Everybody's like, shut up already. We don't care about your events. But I I care about them because I go out and I meet you guys. And I'm very proud of the audience and the following. And I understand the overlap between the people who follow me and the people who vote Republican. And we don't hate anything, okay? It's Labor Day weekend. What's the one thing we probably hated over Labor Day weekend? Running out of beer. That's what we fear. That's what we hate. Running out of barbecue, you know, stuff like that. But we're not sitting around hating people. We don't want to take away their rights. We're so far past race. Yo, it's 2022. Nobody cares. Like nobody. I really you can tell me like one millionth of a percent of society is racist by the traditional definition of racism. I don't like these people because of their background. I don't want to be with these people. Yeah, I would say in a population of 330 million, we might have a few thousand of those, but we don't have millions of those. We're way past race. Why? Because we integrated society. Okay, but we've been past that point for about 30 years. So when Biden starts bringing up things like racism and fascism and anything in between, it's out of sheer desperation. There's nothing more, nothing less to what he's saying. I agree with that. Here he is. Let's start Thursday. This is Philadelphia. This is Biden going after Trump and MAGA Republicans. Clip five. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. (laughs) 
That was the Marine who wasn't flanking him, although those Marines flagging him in the background might have been thinking the same thing. Because you understand how desperate and how stupid and how contrived this looks. Yo, the problems in our country right now ain't MAGA problems. Nobody cares. Like if you poll people on what they care about running into the midterms, are you ready for it? One is inflation. Two is crime. Three is gas. Four is the border. Biden sucks. Okay, none of these things were issues under Donald Trump. No one is saying, hey, uh, I'll get out and vote in the midterms. I don't normally do it as long as someone can protect me from fake fascism. Okay, I'm in a tough spot. I'm working three jobs to pay for gas and the rising cost of goods. It's really screwy. My neighbor's kid just OD'd on fentanyl. But I'll get out and vote if you could just protect me from fake fascism. Okay, but that's what he's going in on. And it's obviously, you know, calculated and shameful. You know, this from a guy that was supposed to unify the country. Remember that? I run on unity, that whole charade. This is the problem with electing a career politician. Their goal is to get elected. And once they get elected, their goal is to get reelected. The goal is not to fix your life, solve your problems, bring back any modicum of decency to the Oval Office. Isn't that what we were told? That Trump was so divisive? So we just need to get rid of Trump so some guy can call 74 million voters fascists? Now, we tried to walk it back over the weekend and separate mainstream Republicans from a new focus group word called Trumpies. This is a term they came up with. It drips with snark. Hopefully it gives their base a little bit more of the moral high ground, a little more self-righteousness, because that's what he's catering to. You got to understand. I own a politics to English dictionary. I know the people who vote for Biden. I live in New York. Okay, the social circles I run in are contaminated with really rich White people who have spectacular levels of prosperity in their lives, but they've chosen to devote the entirety of their existence to hating Donald Trump because they don't want to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. He knows what he's talking about. And believe me, Trump is helping Biden right now. If you know Trump, okay, tell him to shut up. Trump ain't helping. When Trump tweets stupid things on Truth Social, like, we need the FBI to overturn the election. After what we found out, yo, the FBI can't overturn the election. That's not how it works. Okay, that's not a serious option. But when you tweet things or truth social things like that, it allows Biden to be like, see, they're trying to overthrow the election. He's giving the guy ammo. He is. And when you think of the midterms and you think about what people are prioritizing, yes, on paper, the Republicans should win every single seat just based on how poorly the Democrats have done. But right now, a lot of Republicans, Trump being the figurehead, are helping the Democrats shift the conversation to MAGA. Okay, they're helping. There's no mistake about it. You love Donald Trump to the moon and back. The guy makes a lot of unforced errors. I mean, he's the reason Republicans lost two Senate races down in Georgia. He went down after the election. It was like, yeah, the votes might not count, but vote for me. Vote for these guys anyway. It's not good. It's not good fundamental ball. And if you just sit here and look the other way on the unforced errors Trump commits, then you're part of the problem. You're helping the Democrats. So you got to at least call balls and strikes. But here is Biden taking the fight not to Trump, but to the voter, which is insane in all of my time in politics. OK, I've never heard a guy train direct fire on the voters. Biden has chosen to do that. Why? Because he's trying to fire up a base that hates themselves. You understand? The people who are hardcore Biden loyalists at this point, guys run the country into the ground, but they won't own that. They won't own it because owning it means they made a mistake. And if they acknowledge that they made a mistake, 
Then they've got to look inward and question other things about their lives they've made decisions on. That's true. That is true. I'm telling you, I know these people. I hire, They hire me to do stand-up events at private parties and, oh, we love you on Fox. Yeah, and then they get on TV and they're like, you guys are the devil. You're the worst. But here is Biden trying to separate mainstream Republicans from Trumpies. Clip one. Not every Republican is a MAGA Republican. Not every Republican embraces that extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with mainstream Republicans my whole career. But the extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. The biggest contrast from what MAGA Republicans, the extreme right, the, 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 the Trumpies, they want to go to Congress. These MAGA Republicans in Congress are coming for your Social Security as well. You are disgusting. I mean, is anyone, anyone, anyone going for anybody's Social Security number on the MAGA Republican side? The answer would be no. Would you stomp it? Folks, this is the same Joe Biden who once got out there and told Howard University that Mitt Romney was going to put them back in chains. What the hell did you just say? The guy will say anything, anything, because he'd rather run on you should see the other guy. They're awful, okay, than, hey, this is my record. Vote for me. We'll get more inflation. You like high gas prices? You're in luck. Fentanyl deaths? You like a good fentanyl poisoning, do you? I'm your guy. Okay, that's Joe Biden's record. When you look at this like sports, which I do, You know, you are what your record says you are. Joe Biden's record says he's been the most divisive president in our lifetime. He's left the border completely unsecured. Okay, we're looking at a 35-year high in murders under his leadership at a time when we're at a 40-year high in inflation and gas is still $2 a gallon higher than it was the day he took office. Okay, Joe Biden is going all in on Big MAGA, these guys are the worst, they suck, that whole thing, because he's catering to his hardcore base. And the only way you can be a member of his hardcore base at this point is if you hate yourself and you don't want to acknowledge that, so you yell and scream about Trump instead. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the 
the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day today. But uh, right now, he's throwing a lot of challenge flags. Stupid things we heard over the weekend. Cleaning up a little bit of a mess. Here is Biden. They seem to have leaned into this strategy internally. He's an old man. He snaps. He yells for no reason. Why don't we just require the yelling? Let's make it part of the pitch and lean into the crazy. Here's Biden yelling about beating Big Pharma last year. You know, Big Pharma. The industry he gave trillions of dollars to and then forced you to take their vaccine, whether you wanted it or not, only to watch he himself get COVID twice. <laughs> it is kind of a funny comeuppance. I'm glad he's doing OK, uh, but mentally doesn't seem to be doing well at all. Listen to this clip. It's clip four. We beat Farmer this year. We beat Farmer this year. And it mattered. We're going to change people's lives. <laughs> Wait, what? We beat Pharma this year? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Yo, again. Farm, play one more time, please. Sorry. We beat Pharma this year. We beat Pharma this year. And it mattered. We're going to change people's lives. That is a lot. Yo, they changed people's lives by forcing them to get a vaccine they didn't want. Firing from their job if they didn't take it. And oh, by the way, pharmaceutical companies got trillions, trillions of dollars from this government. Okay, honestly, he's also going to get a dry cleaning bill from every pharmaceutical executive that did a spit take all over their $10,000 suit when they heard Biden claiming with a straight face that he beat them. I mean, who in the audience wouldn't sign up for that beating? Hey, here's a couple trillion dollars. Take that. You lost big is what you did. I'm telling you. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. I mean, if he believes he beat Pharma, I mean, I really want you to think about that, man. You're watching a football game here where one team is down 55 to 10. Say it's the 49ers beating the Broncos in the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Brent Jones, Roger Craig years. I know my cousin Cindy loves that if she's not too busy day drinking to listen to the show. But let's say the 49ers rough up the Broncos 55 to 10. Okay, and the Broncos coach, Dan Reeves, at the end of the game, dumps the Gatorade on himself. And it's like, we won the game. We did it, Ben. You're not telling me the truth. No, you're not. You lost 55 to 10. Yo, we did not beat Big Pharma last year. Okay, Kevin Walling's coming on. He worked on the Biden campaign. He is, uh, you know, Fox News contributor, Democratic strategist. I love him because we're able to have easy conversations. We don't agree on anything, but we have pretty easy conversations. I'm going to ask him uh, a little bit later in the show today, did we beat Big Pharma this year? And if beating this, this constitutes a beating, I would sign up to take this beating any day of the week. Give me trillions of dollars. Thank you.
It's the children's classic that's making movies great again. Donald Trump stars in The Mega King. Hello, everyone. The king has returned. The president of the United States is completely nuts. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. You don't even know who you are. And only one man can save us now. The great MAGA king. Can the king help Joe Biden find his marbles? Or will he lose his way against the Russian kleptocracy? Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and club, the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Lie down before you hurt yourself. The Mega King, starring Donald Trump. I'm really rich. And Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now playing in Mexico, Japan, China. I love China. And coming soon to Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico. <laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, the MAGA king, now playing in theaters because we have hit garbage time in a presidency. We're not even two years into the Biden administration. This is garbage time. When you're going back to the other guy, understand, Democrats control everything right now. They got the House. They got the Senate. They got the presidency. Think about that. OK, and the country has been run into the ground. California is facing rolling blackouts right now because of the green energy and the stress it's placing on the grid. Okay, your border's being overrun, as you know, inflation and blah, 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 gas, anything you want to talk about, crime, it's a mess. Okay, when you look around our country, when you look around the world looking at our country. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Countries really is a disaster. So him going in on MAGA, it's as, it's as obvious and as transparent as it looks. Now, to some in the media, I'm going to give you credit. We'll get into your calls on this break, 888-788-9910. But to some in the media, I'll give Martha Raddatz some credit here. Uh, she at least acknowledged that there was no you know, attempt at unity in the Biden speech. It sounded an awful lot like a declaration of war against Trump voters. Give her credit for saying it. It's clip 11. Ahead of the president's speech, the White House was insistent the speech would be optimistic, was about bringing people together. Yet in it, Biden said President Trump's MAGA supporters are a danger to democracy. How is that a unifying message? I mean, think about that. How was that a unifying message? The answer is it wasn't a unifying message. Come on, man. Here's a little more. Clip 12. Uh, whatever he said, the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, which tracks hate speech, said after the Biden speech, there was a surge online in conversations that said Biden's remarks singling out MAGA Republicans were interpreted as a declaration of war against conservatives and all the Trump voters. Again, guy gets out there, bathes himself in blood red light, flanked by two Marines and says Republicans are domestic terrorists. The idea that Republican voters don't see that as some type of a threat, as some type of an othering, as Biden would say, you know, <laughs> come on, man, give me a break. OK, but let me give you a little more, a little more raddits for the road. And then we'll move into the people defending this because there's just so much garbage, so much garbage in the media right now. And I want you to understand we live in an age where people's emotions are their facts. I say that a lot. 
And when you sell these people this emotion that, oh, the MAGA crowd, they're out to get you. They want to kill you. They're a bunch of racists. Yo, we don't run on hate on this side. We don't care. We don't actually. This is absurd at this point that this idea that they're trying to sell people what's in the heart of other people is never done with the truth in mind. It's always done with political power in mind. Tell it like it is. It's never done with anyone's well-being in mind other than the politicians who are trying to benefit from the division they're selling you. Correct the mundo. Let me give you a good example really quickly. Defund the police. Remember defund the police? You know, Democrats want you to believe they're the party. They're the party of the police. That's what Biden was telling us last week. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, here are the Democrats, none of which he silenced talking about defunding the police. Really quick. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Listen to that. This is the word that's coming from the streets. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. I make this point for a very specific reason. If you're a Democrat listening to the show, you're not my enemy. I say this all the time. I'm just like a radio host. I'm I'm your fellow American teammate. I don't care. I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you agree with me. You don't have to. It's not the point. The whole point of America is you don't have to agree. We don't have to. That's cool. Agree to disagree. Woo. America. That's the whole point. But I'm speaking specifically to Democrats in the audience right now because there's a larger point being missed right now. Whenever Democratic leadership goes out and destroys something, okay, like the police, the police are racist. Whenever they sell society the idea that they can speak to what's in the hearts of people they've never even met, which, by the way, is insane, Uh, you know, spectacularly short-sighted and stupid, that we, oh, no, no, the cops are racist. They're all racist. I know they're racist. No, that's what it is. They're racist. When you're willing to say that with no regard for the toxic effect it has on society, with no data to back it up. I shared data with you last week about racist cops, my favorite conversation in the world to have, because the data overwhelmingly supports the fact that the cops aren't racist. Never mind that in most major municipalities, the cops are minority majority. If you go to most cities in this country, the cops aren't majority white. They're majority made up of the minority population at this point. Okay, they're very reflective of the communities they serve. But understand, the Democrats were still willing to say, no, they're all a bunch of racists. Show up to a rally. Spit on them. Kamala tweet something to get you bailed out of jail. Don't worry about it. Burn down some stores. Loot a Nike. You get some sneakers. Why are you going to go holiday shopping? Who wants to pay retail when you can pay riot? It's great. Okay, and the Democrats did that, and they did it under the guise that they were just looking out for the black community. Hey, we're just looking out for the black community, so all cops are racist. So let's get rid of the cops because we just want to help the black community. We're so committed to helping the black community, we're going to call every cop a racist, and we'll just get rid of them. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And you understand who bore the brunt of this. Who bore the brunt of that divisiveness? The black community. Okay, understand. The murder rate 
in the black community, sadly, has spiked by 35 percent since defund the police became a movement. And understand when the Democrats say, oh, we, we always have the cops back. You know, they actually cut police budgets. I know people have the short term memory of a goldfish these days, but New York cut a billion dollars from its police budget where I live. California cut over uh, $500 billion from its police budget. What do they both have in common? Soaring crime rates. Okay, and who is the victim of the soaring crime rate? Nine times out of ten, it's a member of the black community. So they were willing to get out there and just make a blanket assumption that every cop was racist, and they were doing so in the name of helping black people. But in the end, it was black people that they hurt. But the Democrats themselves benefited off of that pain because they won an election they wanted to win, which brings me to right now. If you're a Democrat listening right now, they're out there telling you all MAGA Republicans are fascist. They want to take away your votes. They hate women. They hate gays. They hate black women. No, that's true. They don't know it's in the heart of people they've never even met. But they're willing to say it anyway, and they don't care what type of division it costs in society. And the other thing you need to understand is they don't care if it affects you. Oh, wow. Again, if you're concerned about the black community, you do not demand that we defund the police. Okay, just like if you're. Concerned about the Democrat community as a whole. You do not demand that all Republicans be treated as fascists. Why? Because that's creating a lot of hate. That's creating a lot of division in our society. That's pushing us further towards the conflict that I believe in my heart they kind of want. And it's sad to me to feel that way. I feel so cynical. But I feel like Biden saying all this extreme stuff about MAGA people because he wants some nut who lives in a shed to go out and shoot somebody so they can be like, see, now we're locking down everything. You got no rights. Okay, they tried to do that with January 6th. January 6th was horrible. Every single Republican was like, you can't do this. Not good. Okay, but they still tried to pass it off as if we condoned January 6th, that we were cool with people storming the Capitol when we weren't. The only thing anyone's ever pushed back on was what they tried to repurpose it as, which was a deadly white supremacist insurgency designed to overthrow the government. Believe me, nobody was trying to overthrow the government with a bunch of wandering senior citizens and one lunatic in a Chewbacca bikini. Okay, that's not what they were doing. It wasn't the coup. They were trying to overthrow the government. Yes, they were being idiots, and they shouldn't have been there. But the Democrats tried to use it as, well, we've got to put up a fence all around Washington. We've got to make the military stand down for a review on white supremacy. We've got to go through everybody's Facebook post, make sure you're not one of the white supremacists. Yo, people didn't storm the Capitol because of Biden's race. They stormed the Capitol because they didn't trust the integrity of the election. I think he's got a point. And you can blame that on Trump. Okay, but understand, if saying an election was stolen is treason then you need to lock up every Democrat between 2016 and 2020 who told us that election was stolen. And again, I know we have the memory of a carnival goldfish, but the Democrats were saying it was stolen. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show 
that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Democrats are so full of crap. Think about that, okay? Donald Trump, MAGA, fascists, they deny the results of an election. They're a danger to our society. Okay, that's every top-ranking Democrat telling you Trump was not a legitimate president. They stole the election. Again, that doesn't give Trump a free pass. But it does make the, the Democrats guilty of a monstrous exercise in projection. The Biden pitch right now is MAGA Republicans are bad, so that should give us permission to act 10 times worse. That's essentially what we're dealing with here. Oh, MAGA, they're bad. So don't mind the fact that we're doing 10 times worse. Not even close. Okay, again, MAGA didn't force you to take medicine you didn't want. They didn't do that. MAGA didn't have the FBI raid the home of a political opponent. They didn't do that. It's not the definition of fascism. There's nobody out there in Republican voting land calling for hate. We're not doing that. It's not who we are. I keep bringing up the fact that I have all these live events that you guys go to. I've met tens of thousands of you. You're the most wonderful person in the world. You one thing nobody ever brings up is anyone else's race. Although I will acknowledge there are a lot of people from a lot of races at my events because we attract a pretty diverse crowd. Because here's a newsflash. If you're a cool person, that's not unique or specific to one gender or race or ethnicity. Okay, what we cater to on this show are cool people. I don't mean you're cool. Like you're like a trendsetter. Like you walk in the red carpet or so you like the Fonz. I mean, you're cool. You know, you're like, hey, you know that guy? Yeah, he's pretty cool. It's fun to be around. He's, you know, he's light. It's easy. No drama. Doesn't dump stuff on us. That's what I mean by cool. That's our crowd. Hate is not cool. Hate is the opposite of cool. So when they do this, it just looks so desperate and shameless. And I don't think I'm the only one who feels that way. Brian, he's out in Clarion, Pennsylvania, on the side of Route 80. Yo, Brian. Hey, how are you? Good, my friend. Um, Great. Listen, I wanted to share with you guys, Bob and I listened to KDKA out of Pittsburgh last night. They oh. were covering the president mm-hmm. um, who was stumping for Fetterman. Mm-hmm. And the most bizarre thing happened. First of all, Biden was slurring as usual, and he was talking about his early days in politics and how he was a member of the Southern Democrats in Delaware. And he said, when Delaware was a southern state before it was a northern state, and it was so bizarre, and KDKA actually cut off their coverage of what he was saying because he was just rambling on and on. And I turned to Bob and said, did he just say he was like a member of the Confederacy or something? It was so bizarre. Jimmy, it was so bizarre. And the only other thing I wanted to say is um, Clinton used the phrase make America great again. So is he a fascist? Oh, I know. listen, I and, play that clip all the time. It's my favorite. Yeah. Well, well let me and ask you this. The, he, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was just going to oh, ask I was just going to say, uh-huh. the last thing is I love your weird, like, sound bites. My favorite is the clown beep beep. I can't help it. <laughs> but I wish you could work in um, from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds when the tourist lady in the diner accuses Tippi Hedren. All this started 
when you came, you're evil, evil, evil. <laughs> she starts screaming at her. And you could use it maybe with the MAGA thing. I don't know. But I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I, I just love that you've appointed yourself the head of production on the show. I think it's great. I think it's good that our relationship has made it to the point where you're now programming. I think I actually think it's funny. Yeah. It's a good clip. I'll look for it. I and, wanted to ask you this question. You, yeah. It's my understanding. I know you and Bob have been in a relationship for a long time. Are you married? I'm not. I don't quite know yes. the answer. Okay. Um, yes, we are married. Yes. Really quick. As a gay couple, okay, who leans to the right, doesn't it just sound so like it sounds stupid, so nearsighted that people are just willing to decide if you're voting Republican, you must hate gay people and women. Like what like what goes through your mind when you hear that? Well, it's it's bizarre, but you know what? It's a benefit because people look at us in our community. I mean, I fly the Trump flag and I fly a rainbow flag and they scratch their heads out here. So <laughs> it makes people think about this nonsense of, you know, you're this label, you're that label. Mm. It's it, And the LGBT community, I'm frankly ashamed of being a gay man and going through Fauci with the AIDS crisis mm. and, you know, all the nonsense personally that I've, I had to put up with mm. uh, to think that they're, they're smearing us it's with nuts. this weird stuff. It's just, it's very bizarre. But yes, it is crazy. You want to know what it is? As... It's really quick. It's clown stuff. <laughs> that was for you. I got to hit the break. My favorite. <laughs> Be good, Brian. Say hi to Bob. I'll see you soon. Back after this. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. Maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Viewable to you, the listener, on the television tonight with Greg Gutfeld at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It's the highest rated late night show in the country. Hey, girl. Fired up to be back. Last time I was on was with the great Dana Perino last week. Uh, but this is a Jimmy Gregg special, and uh, we've got a lot of insults to catch up on. You better watch this one. It's going to be chippy. It's going to be really chippy. Uh, not quite as chippy as what's going on in our politics. In the next hour, we're going to have a grown-up discussion about the special master that was just appointed to oversee the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago. As you would imagine, Democrats having a little bit of a meltdown in the media over this one. We're going to play you some of their clips, including one from MSNBC. No, God! No, God, please, no! No, we got to do it. Listen, if I got to listen, you got to listen. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are back in action at a long holiday break, but we're here. We're getting the band back together, getting ready to sing the hits. Big hour on Fox Across America. Comedian Dave Landau is stopping by uh, to defend himself against allegations of being a fascist uh, by the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Uh, He is also going to weigh in on this uh, ruling, court ruling anyway, that the Trump legal team will, in fact, get a special master to review the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago. This is significant because if you remember, just a week ago, every legal scholar that gets on cable news was saying, oh, this is absurd. 
They're not going to give him a special master. What kind of amateur hour is this asking for a special master? The media is a bunch of losers. In this case, they really are because, lo and behold, the judge presiding over the case, U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon, granted former President Trump's request for a special master in the ongoing saga over the documents seized by the FBI from his Mar-a-Lago home. Now, this is significant. I'm going to play you some clips here. We're going to have a grown-up discussion about what's going on with Mar-a-Lago, the FBI, and you know, what looks like a looming indictment of President Trump, which, again, is very third-world banana republic stuff, especially as we learn more about this raid and the justification thereof. doesn't really seem to be one, but I'll get into the specifics. But one of my favorite things about the media right now is when Trump has a judge rule against him, like a Trump-appointed judge rules against him, everybody in the media is like, see, not even his own judges will support this guy. That's how out of control he is. And then when a Trump-appointed judge rules in his favor, they're like, oh, the judge was in Trump's pocket. Bingo. <laughs> how can you count on anything they say? It's crazy. Everybody is so transactional. And what's fascinating, and I try to call this out, we do something on the show. You hear a lot of old clips on this show. We'll play. Here's something the Democrats said two months ago. Here's something Biden said a year ago. Here's something Fauci said 16 months ago. We do this thing called permanent audio. And the reason I do that is because I'm very conscious of the effect this show has on your life. I feel like most people out there that are real hardcore political partisans – when they broadcast, they're always broadcasting with, like, you know, pushing an agenda, pushing a narrative, and they do so independently of the truth or prior precedent or anything in between. Okay? Like, I'll tell you this. When I was driving a cab and I started to listen to Rush Limbaugh, I thought he was very engaging and profoundly talented. And it made me want to listen. I was like, wow, this is really wild, fun stuff. But I didn't know anything that he was talking about. So it occurred to me in my head that, wow, he must attract a lot of people like me who are just changing the dial and go, wow, this is fun. This is interesting. This guy is pretty sharp. He's very funny. I'm here. I'm, I'm with it. And I've always thought about the fact that I could be, you know, talking into this microphone right now and somebody's changing the dial who's never consumed politics in their life. And they come across the show and they go, wow, this guy's a little bit of a lunatic. Sounds like he has the real host tied up in a corner. This is clearly some type of hostage situation. Let's see how this plays out. And they stick with my show. And lo and behold, over the course of time, they become regular listeners. They realize there is no real host coming back onto the air. And this is just it. You're just playing the hand you dealt. You got this bozo talking to you for three hours a day. But I understand that bozo-like quality can be appealing. And it attracts a lot of people to the conversation that don't necessarily have a background in precedent or in things that a lot of these cable news talking heads or in some instances elected officials have said in the past and contradicted in the present. So I do something called permanent audio where I will play old clips just to remind you of the previous positions these people have taken so you can see the hypocrisy in what they're doing. You know, a good example is I've played you a lot of clips of Jamie Raskin. It's a weird one. But Jamie Raskin, who was, uh, you know, the head of the second Trump impeachment, Jamie Raskin, who currently sits on the January 6th committee, a committee designed to do what? Ban Trump from running for office ever again because he dared challenge the legitimacy of an election. I have played you clips in the past of Jamie Raskin. He himself, who says it's treason to challenge the certification of the electoral vote, he himself challenged the certification of the electoral vote in 2016. That's just how white folks will do you. But that's the prior precedent. And I bring up weird prior precedents 
Because when it comes to these, you know, Trump rulings, when it comes to this country, okay, we're living in a 246-year-old country. And never, ever, ever in the history of this 246-year-old country has the Department of Justice raided the home of an ex-president. Now, understand, every one of these people leaves the White House with some level of classified document. They are packed on the way out the door by the General Services Administration. They are not checking out of a La Quinta. They're not just throwing random things into a suitcase and running by 11 o'clock so they don't get charged for a late checkout. This is the White House, yo. It's the White House. And when people are checking out of the White House, they have help from the government, a government that catalogs what they're taking, meaning the government knew everything Trump took back to his house. Okay, then reached out for some of it. He gave him 15 boxes. They're like, nah, this isn't it. So he reached out for more. He gave him more boxes. They're like, nah, we still don't have it. We're raided in the house. Folks, at no point in this affidavit does the government establish that Trump wasn't being compliant. The only thing they've established is they don't have anything they want. You know, the list they packed that they kept track of? These are boxes. Okay, boxes, by the way, that have Secret Service protection because he's the former president of the United States. So when you hear people drawing a you know comparison between Trump and Hillary Clinton, because I know Hillary tweeted about this a little while ago, she was like, for the thousandth time, I didn't have classified information on my server. Well, James Comey said she did. There was later some clarification about all of that. Uh, this is not okay. But the point is, Donald Trump's personal, uh, you know, classified information, whether he declassified it or not was being was packed by the General Services Administration, protected by the Secret Service. Now, again, if he did something nefarious, was selling nuclear secrets, which isn't the case, would you shut up? It'd be eminently traceable. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Never mind that the nuclear codes aren't a Netflix password. They get changed constantly. Okay, people keep trying to bill this like Trump was selling nuclear secrets, as if when one president leaves office, we don't change the secrets for the new guy. Like, it's bananas. But stick with me, okay? You listening to politics for the first time. Okay, there's this wild double standard right now in the media where, again, if a Trump judge rules against them, they're like, see, even the Trump judges can't even side with this maniac. But then when they rule for them, they don't respect the rule of law. They're just in Trump's pocket. Let me play you this clip, man. It's fascinating stuff. People get hair and makeup to go on TV. So you have a lot of time to think about what you're about to say. You normally would have a lot of time, okay? When I go on TV, you see me on Gutfeld tonight? The show airs at 11 o'clock, okay? I got a lot of time between now and 11 o'clock, and I've got extra time. When you get hair, when you get makeup, God, Lord knows, I get a lot of hair and makeup. When I, <laughs> before I go on TV, uh, you can always tell how much you drank and ate over the weekend just by the makeup guy's reaction when you sit in the chair. Ah! Ah, no, no! I'm like, what do you want from me? I'll go on a diet. I'll turn it around. Okay, but the point is, People with a lot of time to think about the effect they're having on you. People who should have the decency and the consideration to, you know, measure what they're about to say, uh, don't. They don't because they don't care. They want to win. They want power. They want to win elections. They want to slander their opponents. But they don't actually care. Here's I'll start here because there's so many good ones. Okay, Mehdi Hassan, who is, you know, shameless race baiting buffoons go. I would put him at a nine on a scale of one to Ellie Mistel. 
I will play Ellie Mistel as well. Ellie Mistel is the other MSNBC weekend pundit who just comes on and says everything's racist. Ah, the sun's racist. Mother Nature, she's a racist. They're all racist. Everything's done. Anything. Anything could be racist with these people. But Mehdi Hassan says we should be imprisoning Trump because lots of other countries imprison their former leaders. That's the justification. Hey, they do it in the Congo. That's, you know, that's not what, uh, you know, make America great again. It was never supposed to be make America the Congo again, uh, with all due respect to everybody living in the Congo. But here's Mehdi Hassan saying, of course, it's not a big deal. We're arresting this guy. Other countries do it. Here's clip 18. One thing that is uniquely American about it is that no former president of the United States has ever been charged with a criminal offense. While that may seem normal to you, it is not normal everywhere else in the world. Former leaders in countries across the globe are being prosecuted and imprisoned all the time. No, really. Are you stupid or something? Yes, in third world nations, they're being prosecuted all the time. Okay, but the reason that doesn't go on here, especially not for something as absurd as what seems like overdue library books, is we're trying to maintain some type of integrity in our rule of law. They essentially didn't charge Hillary Clinton for this exact reason. Hillary Clinton was not president. She did not have the declassification authority Donald Trump did, nor did she have Secret Service protecting documents stored in her home because she wasn't president. Yes, you could tell me Bill Clinton was, but there's a difference between them protecting Bill Clinton's documents and his presidential library and protecting a private email server that Hillary didn't tell the rest of the world existed. That's true. That is true. Again, they're not they're protecting Trump stuff because they know it exists. They packed it up and sent it to his house. In Hillary Clinton's case, okay, they don't know it existed because she lied till she got caught. And then when she got caught under subpoena, she deleted 33,000 emails. I'm not saying they were all classified, but I'll never know because she deleted them. Smashed the cell phones with a hammer. Bleach bitter server so it couldn't be traced or tracked. Okay, these are not exactly the actions of someone with nothing to hide. Okay, if the cops knock on the door and they're like, hey, we got a warrant to search your shed because we think there's uh, contraband in there, guns and drugs and everything in between. If I run into the backyard, douse the shed with gasoline and burn it down to the ground, the cops are going to assume I had something to hide. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Do you understand? Hillary Clinton, under the threat of subpoena, ran into the backyard, burnt down the shed. So there was nothing to subpoena. Okay, and now is trying to draw a distinction between her and Trump. Okay, but the reason people keep reminding you that what's going to happening to Donald Trump is unprecedented is because in this country, maybe not one of these other countries, Mehdi Hassan fashions, but in this country, it is not normal for the Department of Justice to raid a political opponent. Okay, here is Ellie Mistel, another jackass. Okay, he's turned on the Trump judges. A week ago, Trump judges were good because they were okay with people searching Mar-a-Lago. Now they don't respect the rule of law. Clip 21. Because she's biased and corrupt. Like, I don't know what to tell everybody anymore. Like, I've, I've been saying this since he took office. When you allow Republicans to control the courts, you get nothing. Trump judges do not believe in the rule of law. They do not believe in precedent. They do not believe in facts. They do not believe in logic. They just believe in whatever is going to help Donald Trump. And they've proven it again and again and again. So when I say that you cannot trust Trump judges, I don't know what more evidence you need for that fact. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Now understand, 
This guy was fine with Trump judges in the aftermath of the election when a lot of Trump-appointed judges were throwing out Rudy Giuliani cases. No one had a word to say about Trump judges. But when a Trump judge rules in his favor, and understand, legal scholars consider this a monster victory for Donald Trump, the fact that they've appointed a special master, because what a special master is going to do is review each of these individual documents seized and decide whether or not they should have been seized in the first place, decide whether or not Trump did, in fact, have executive privilege without getting you know bogged down in all the legal mumbo jumbo. Basically, there's attorney client privilege which are documents Trump and his attorneys can keep to themselves as a confidentiality protection in our legal system. But there's also something called executive privilege, which in this case would apply to the president of the United States. Now, they've never tested this in court, meaning because it's never been tested, the FBI did not stage this raid on solid legal ground. They staged this raid on something unprecedented. They took a position on the law that's wide open to interpretation and decided this was justification to raid a political opponent for the first time in the 246-year history of our country. Yo, it is a really bold step. And when you consider that they took this step without possibly having the goods, considering they were there for nine hours, seized so many things that shouldn't have been seized, like his passports. Okay, yes, I understand three or four of those nine hours were probably just wandering around in Melania's closet because she's a supermodel. Hubba, hubba. But the point is, okay, these dirtbags have taken our country to an unprecedented place, and they don't really seem to care because their side, and this is the point I make every day to people listening for the first time, our country's in a bad spot right now because people are rooting for their political party harder than they're rooting for our country. If you're just flat out rooting for your country, politics aside, you go, what the hell is the FBI doing to Trump? I know he says crazy stuff, but how is this good for our country? How is this good for our country to fit into what Mehdi Hassan described as normal, you know, to get your former head of state prosecuted? Other countries do it all the time. Yeah, you know what else those other countries have in common? Yeah, actual coup attempts, actual military overthrows of the government, something nobody here is calling for, something nobody here wants, despite what Joe Biden might tell you in one of his unhinged rambling speeches. But the point is there's something dangerous going on in this country right now, and it's not going on for the good of the country. It's going on for the good of the Democratic Party. It's going on for the good of the government in a time when less government is always going to be more. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. As you know, the Democrats want you to believe they devoted the entirety of last week telling you MAGA is a bunch of fascists because they're denying the results of an election. This, of course, has been a big point of contention with people on the right who are like, hey, what about you guys saying they stole 2016? Karine Jean-Pierre, the diversity hire who replaced, if you remember, 
the outgoing press secretary, Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Whatever. Uh, I've never missed Jen Psaki as much as I have when Karine Jean-Pierre flips through the binder with nothing for us. But you understand the big point of contention right now is you can't say an election's stolen or it's treason and you're going to jail. Now, we've brought this up in the past. Back in December of 2016, Karine Jean-Pierre famously tweeted, Stolen emails, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. And this was her in 2016. Again in 2019, she responded, yes, the 2016 race was stolen. She tweeted that herself, March 12, 2019. These are both up in her account. She has said the race was stolen. Peter Ducey asked her about that double standard a minute ago. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016, Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. (laughs) You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why was it So let's let's be really clear. That... That comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been, I have ridiculous. been, well, you're asking me, you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was Wait, ridiculous. I was, I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the, what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f-ing question. Yo, do you know the level of lie? Here is the email. She wasn't talking about voting rights. She wasn't talking about what was being discussed at the time. She was discussing a stolen election. Kyle Griffin had tweeted, if a foreign nation takes something of ours, we should let them keep it. She wrote, stolen email, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump, meaning the election was stolen. Karine Jean-Pierre. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you were to ask stand-up comedy audiences around the country, they would tell you this next guest is as good of a stand-up comedian as anybody in the game right now. But if you were to ask Joe Biden, he'd tell you he's a white supremacist fascist. Now, if you were to ask me, I would say yes to both. I'd say he's both. Uh, Comedian Dave Landau is in the house. Hey, girl. Hey, what's up, Buffet Slayer? <laughs> buffet Slayer, that is so... Yo, I announced at the beginning of the show today, by the way, that's a very well-timed insult. I weigh 255 pounds right now. Oh, no, I just we talked about buffets last time. No, I, I know. Really meant I, okay. I, I, I didn't know if Jenny put you up to this. There's, there's, a, there's been a lot of subtle interventions for me la- the last few weeks. You know, I get off camera. Yeah. Everyone's kind of laughing on set. Yeah, but there's always somebody waiting for me to like, hey, yeah, you looked really comfortable in that chair. You know what else chair is nice? The one on the Peloton down in the gym. You should sit in that sometimes. (laughs) A lot of of weird interventions. But uh... Uh, you're thinking about biking? That that would look good on you. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) You know, the falls come and the subway is always late. You you ever thought about taking a bike? You know, those city bikes are right there, too. It's really a lot of subtle hints. And that's fine. You know what I mean? That's fine. Uh, Nothing subtle about Joe Biden calling you a fascist, a white supremacist and everything in between. Isn't it bizarre? I just wanted to ask you this because you're a very perceptive guy. Okay, we're two months from the midterms. Joe Biden has campaigned harder against Donald Trump in the last week 
than he did in the entire 2020 election. Is it not amazing what a couple of B12 shots and a 37% approval rating can do for a guy? <laughs> well, it really helps, too, when you have uh, when you look like Cobra Commander. You have that background <laughs> going on for you. You saw that? So I was so mad because I was off Friday. But, yeah, what was that? Take it away. Yeah, I'm like, is this a great white concert? Or, like, what is going on behind you that it's just fire? Like, it's just, it looks like the last scene in Devil's Advocate where you just, oh, he's the devil. He's, I, I mean, I knew the whole time because you called it the Devil's Advocate, but yeah, I, I know. Um, Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, weird. What a twist. Um, yeah, I think it's it's insane because he, he knows there's no blowback because you're not running against anybody. Yeah. All you're doing is trying to I, – I honestly feel, and this is just my personal opinion, he's trying to rile things up or they or whoever you want to call it the Dems before the midterms just to see if somebody goes out and does something stupid or to you know upset a large majority of the country. But I think it just further shows how badly – he wants everybody to be separated. I think it's the worst. I, I think it was one of the worst things, a, if you want to call him a leader, but a version of a leader could ever do. Yeah, that, no, I, I think you're right there with it. Uh, Dave Landau's on the line if you're just joining us. And, uh, you know, if you think back to where this started, if you remember a year and a half ago, you don't have to be a sports fan to know this story, they moved the Major League All-Star game out of Georgia because they were like, Georgia wants voter ID. When you go to the polls, this is Jim Crow on steroids. Could you imagine saying right. to somebody who is a victim of real Jim Crow, they're beating people and killing people, that asking for a driver's license is that but worse? But that's like the sh- – the sh- I mean, really, think about that. Yeah, I know they burned down your house, but believe me, you should have seen 20 2022 where they wanted a license i mean come on yes <laughs> i wish that was going on when i was trying to drink underage <laughs> every bar i go into like do you have id like i'm sorry i didn't know this was a racist establishment they're like sir we'll just get you whatever you want sorry <laughs> we'll step to the side here sir you're entitled to anything you've invoked racism now it's true i think this is what i think i think there's been an internal strategy where you know, every time they do trot him out in public, he's he's at a weird age where he snaps a lot and he yells a lot. And I think they're just yeah. embracing this now. And they're like, well, it's good. We'll give him this MAGA thing. We'll just give him, let him go yell. It it looks very calculated, but I think it's their way to do two things. One is he does want to be out doing more events. I don't know who decided this was a good idea, but he decided he wants to be out doing more events. But then Probably the other not his doctors, <laughs> they were not they were not considered in any of this. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> But he's out doing more events, and uh, they need a midterm message. They're certainly not going to run on anything they've accomplished. So it's bizarre that we're getting it's like it's so much Trump stuff. They don't really care. And I'm just like I'm wondering because like yesterday he got so carried away. He started yelling about how he beat Big Pharma last year. He's like, we beat Big Pharma last year. Big Pharma last year, their stock price doubled. They pocketed like $6 trillion and had us force their vaccine seen on anybody whether they wanted it or not it's hardly the stuff defeats are made of you know what i'm saying oh absolutely well and even now too with everything coming out about the vaccine they're like i love that it's like we may have overstepped you're like (laughs) really you shut down the world yeah (laughs) that's not an overstep like everything that he's done is just it's too much i don't even know who's listening to this guy and going yeah, I think I'm going to vote for him. I, I just like his style, the way that he's, you know, 
brain dead and sniffs kids. <laughs> and the fact that I, I, I like that his son's a crackhead. Everything about him is just A+. Plus. <laughs> it's something about the way he quits talking in the middle of a sentence that I just, I yeah, really, you know, any coach can send in the punt team on fourth down, but to send it in on second down, that's, that's, that's real, real strategery, as they like to say. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they really, it's important to start the game with eighth string, and that's the way you do it. <laughs> A lot of people didn't know that. Uh, Dave Landau's going down to Port Charlotte, Florida. Uh, are you there this weekend? When is that date? I am this weekend, uh, this Friday and Saturday. I'll be at Bassani's Comedy Theater in Port Charlotte, Florida. Mm. It's filled with, uh, I guess it's the oldest people on earth in the area. <laughs> or in America, I should say. I should insult them before they come out. you got to at least but, uh, get them in the club. But from what I understand, they all are sharper than Biden. <laughs> well, they, that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> listen, I... I uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of your comedy. I always tell people to go to your shows, but I think now, like we're we're getting to this weird place, right? Where I feel, and we've had this discussion over the course of like two years on the show, I feel like we're actually finally winning the culture war, meaning like the cancel mob, the outrage mob. Like as I say this, we'll probably get fired for the conversation we're about to have, but no, I actually feel right. like we have turned that corner. Do you feel that vibe? I mean, most people coming to see you don't take it seriously, and they know not to. That's your crowd. That's what you've cultivated. It's very sim- You know, I'm kind of similarly doing the same thing. But do you feel like you have the guns and the numbers when it comes to saying whatever the hell you want now on stage? I really do, yeah. And it's the first time in a long time, but I really do, because I think the majority of the country is just sick of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a point now where I think we're just tired of it. We don't want to keep dealing with the fact that Every name that you could possibly call, we've been called. The president just called half the country. Like, just because I don't agree with you, just because I don't agree with you, doesn't make me a white supremacist. It doesn't even make you a Trump supporter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it just means that it's like, no, I just don't like you because you know you and your vice president and how the world looks right now. I mean, bang up job with the country, by the way. <laughs> you, you funnel money through your kid through China. But not that he knows anymore. No, he's but, no idea. He's just along for the ride. It, it, but it is true. You're in a weird true. place. Like, when you think that like 20 million Jewish people vote for Donald Trump and Biden just called them fascists, there's got to be a typo oh, yeah. in the fascism Nazi handbook if that's the case, no? Yeah, I assume so. Well, especially when they say, oh, you're calling Biden Hitler. That's a weak argument. It's like you called Trump literally Hitler for, for years. <laughs> Dude, they're all Hitler. They called Mitt Romney Hitler. Do you remember that? <laughs> Mitt Romney's wearing mom jeans. The guy's wearing pleated jeans in the front. Come on, yeah, man. He's not, he's not. Hitler never wore mom jeans. And let's be honest. He was a far better speaker than Biden. <laughs> it's so nuts. <laughs> Man, Mitt Romney, no authoritarian wears Jordash. I'm just telling you, with a braided no. belt. I'm telling you because no, I not care. A, not a one wears pleated jeans with ankles that have elastic. <laughs> You'll see. He's going to come for you. He, Joe Biden said... That he told Howard University, Howard University, he told them that Mitt Romney was going to put them back in chains. Do you remember that in 2012? When... Oh, I, I do. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just laughing. Sorry. Yeah, no, it was insane. 
He's speaking to a, a historically black college and says they're going to put y'all back in chains. And then we get yelled at for dog whistles and jokes. And, you know, you got to watch what the comedians are saying. It's one thing if a vice president says they're bringing back slavery on the other side. Right. But you guys got to be careful with your rhetoric. I think Biden, so I've arrived at a hypothesis. I think Biden is the guy who actually defunded the joke police in a roundabout way. Yes. Well, he absolutely is. I mean, he's the one he, because he's the one that came in and just took it too far. And everybody was like, all right, I can't I can't keep doing this. I can't keep complaining about every little thing. I mean, the problem that I always saw happening and we've discussed it on your show before was we're going to start nitpicking every little thing while serious things start happening. Mm -hmm. And now look where we are. It's like, oh, good. You have 162 genders. But, uh, you know, and, you know, we're worrying about bathrooms. But now it's like, oh, hey, what about jobs? Yeah. What about a future? What about, you know, I don't even want to argue about college debt at this point. You know, it's like, what about all this other stuff? It's real things are going on, but we tried to mask it. For years, and it was hard to mask, you know, because we were wearing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so funny. And everyone, by the way, no one talks about this. Everyone's dying of fentanyl right now. It's the leading killer in the country between the ages of 18 and 45. I talk about it nonstop. Yeah. I got a young kid. But it's, it, it gets no one cares. You know, there's more COVID talk right now. There's more monkeypox talk right now. Fentanyl is killing everybody. Like, it's bad, dude. It's a yeah. poisoning. It's China smuggling it across the border through Mexican drug cartels. Isn't it just so weird that fentanyl can't, like, grab a headline? It's like, how many people do you have to kill to get a headline in 2022? Oh, it's, and it's really working hard. And as a guy who was, uh, no, I was an addict, and I see that a lot. And I, I, you know, I'm in certain groups where I go to. They'll remain nameless, but I'm sure if you knew two letters, you could guess them. <laughs> and uh, it, part of it is, is it's it's a very very serious thing that has also been brought on us by the same wonderful pharmaceutical companies. You know, that we have to deal with right now and their stocks and figuring out who's involved with that. And not the, I don't even mean to get into conspiracy, but it's like a lot of it has to do with the overprescription of opioids for the for the longest time. And I remember this because as a young addict in the 90s, I worked for a pharmacy and they based it on weight, which was great because I could take a, a cellophane of cigarettes full of Vicodins and just toss some nickels in there. But it was it. it you saw the beginning of it because you saw that there was this accessibility that was never there before. and It was being prescribed because they were getting taken out to dinners and lunches. And it was beginning to be a pretty ugly thing because essentially giving people free heroin. Yeah. And now we're basically relying on China and the Mexican cartels to bring over clean cocaine. And then you're on the subway and you see those testing strip ads where yeah. it's like, you know, test your uh, drugs for fentanyl. It's like, yeah. Test your lethal drugs for an even more lethal drug. This is a really good situation that we've gotten ourselves into. Oh, it's so funny. But again, rather than discussing this, we're just like, well, you're a fascist. It's so dumb. Right. It's <laughs> like, just... I can't help it that you're a Nazi. This kid's ODing. Well, don't you carry around eight bottles of Narcan? Do something. I mean, it's, it's, it's dude, it's, it really is like we're fighting the wrong battles. Like when Rome, you know the old famous adage, like Nero fiddled while Rome burnt? 
It really will yeah. just be like, you know, Nero tweeted while America burnt. It's a weird time. But you're right. I think I think comics now are the voice of reason, and we weren't supposed to be. We spend the first two years of our business life getting paid in drink tickets, and then if things yeah. work out, we get to a level where we spend 23 hours a day watching dirty movies in a La Quinta. Like we were not yeah. supposed – if we make it to the high level, you got the, you yeah. got those 23 hours of downtime at La Quinta to look forward to. Yeah. You mean if you hit the top. Yeah. No, I'm not even kidding. I know. If you really – if it really pans out. And we were not supposed to be the voice of reason. You know those like old like Kurt Russell movies where like he, he wakes up with like a hangover. He's just got like a dog and nothing going in life. And he's like, oh, I'm actually saving the yeah. world today. This is This ought to be fun. And uh, right. that's us. <laughs> or it's like, uh, yeah, or it's, uh, yeah, the movie, What what is that movie where his wife disappears and he's trying to tell everybody? And they're like, <laughs> ah, I don't think he's right. And, and then at the end, it's like, oh, he was right the whole time. And you're like, yeah, but it just kept getting stupider. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> that's, was, that was Overboard, right? With like yeah, Goldie Hawn? Oh, no, it was a different one, but Overboard, yeah, that was just a movie where he kidnapped a woman, and we were supposed to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got like a concussion, <laughs> forgot she was married to a rich guy. He just took yeah. her home and made her his wife. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like we were supposed to somehow root for that. And it wasn't just his wife. He made her do everything. Every chore. Every chore for these dirtbag kids he was raising. Yeah, how was yeah. how honestly, how did overboard? I mean, I understand how it got made then. It could not get made today. Guy kidnaps a woman who's basically like a concussion victim and enslaves her on behalf of his family. Yeah, no, they tried to remake it with Anna Ferris and some guy, and it just uh, – I tried to watch half of it because, you know, uh, I, I don't want to get into why, uh, you know, <laughs> married, and you have to do things sometimes that you you don't want to do. <laughs> but it's like it's a, it, you couldn't remake it. They had to switch the gender roles, and even then you were like, she's still assaulting him the whole movie. <laughs> so funny. It's, it's but yeah, most of those movies – from back then or just like yeah. oh, this is uh, a lot of problems if somebody he's like I don't remember who I am or where I am oh you're my wife and you do my dishes <laughs> oh okay you can leave with him you know you know who definitely saw this construct and executed it really well Jill Biden because she, did. she, she basically <laughs> just took this guy <laughs> doesn't know where he is you're gonna go be president he gets out there and tells people he's running for senate <laughs> no, no, you're yeah. going to be president. I'm going to have all the trappings. The whole Biden presidency, as it turns out, is just an overboard sequel. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell people, yeah, tell people uh, I'm a doctor when I'm really just a hypnotist. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, we have hit our quotient uh, for offensive statements, controversial borderline takes. <laughs> Go see Dave Landau in Port Charlotte, Florida, this Saturday. It's Friday, Saturday, right? Yes, this Friday and Saturday at Vasani's in Port Charlotte, Florida. Let's get him. Good talk, girlfriend. I'll see you soon. Thank you, bro. My man. There he goes back after this. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Got a big hour coming up. Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist, 
He worked for Joe Biden when Biden ran for office in 2020. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Uh, Biden, the president right now. And there are a lot of people in the media. There's a fascinating narrative we're going to get into in the next hour about the 2022 midterms. A lot of people in the press claiming that the White House has all the momentum. They're crazy. Well, they're either crazy or they're completely full of There's that, too. But we're going to get into it with Kevin Walling, of all people, who is a Democrat, a Democratic strategist, a guy who has asked me to be his plus one at the White House Christmas party this year. It'll come up in the next hour. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, I reach across the aisle. That's the point of this show is we reach across the aisle. We talk to people who don't see it the same way we do because the whole point of America is to di- we can agree to disagree. We're supposed to be free-range chickens, e pluribus unum, out of many, one, that whole thing. Okay, we have conversations, real ones, not the fake ones. Democrats are always like, hey, America needs to have a conversation. And then you're like, all right, I disagree with your principle. And they're like, well, your wife's a hoe. No, no, we're just going to be pals. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, a big third hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to Democratic strategist Kevin Walling. He, of course, worked for the Biden campaign in 2020. That was embarrassing. Well, they got the win, however you slice it. Uh, you might not agree <laughs> with their methods or the chicanery that went on in the aftermath, but the bottom line is Walling, a devout Democrat, here to discuss... This narrative in the press that the White House has all of the momentum heading into the midterms. That is a fact check false. I don't know how they make this declaration, but, you know, part of this show's purpose is to talk across the aisle. Be the change we want to see in the world. And we will very much be that change in this hour at 888-788-9910. If you want a part of this thing, if you're just going to listen in. The advice remains the same, whether you're calling, whether you're carrier pigeoning, whether you're texting. I don't know. Maybe you're sending a smoke signal. Elizabeth Warren's listening. I don't care. Just be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a. There it is. Big Tuesday night episode of the show. I was on America's Newsroom this morning with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. If you missed it, it's on the Fox Across America Facebook page tonight. I am getting the band back together with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf here at Fox News, a gentleman who happens to be the highest rated late night host in the country right now. So that's going to be a good one. Definitely check it out. But right now, I want you to check out this little sales pitch in the media. Man, this is a fascinating one. But it's exactly where we find ourselves. 63 days away from the midterms. Okay, The Hill published an article yesterday, okay, claiming White House hopes August successes will translate to fall momentum. You gotta do better than that. Can anyone name what the White House's August successes were? The answer would be no. I know what the media means when they allude to successes. They mean the passage of bills. Okay, well, look at it. They passed a Inflation Reduction Act. And yeah, it didn't reduce inflation. In fact, it's going to add to inflation. But it's the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. That's a success. Yo, and I mean this, everybody in the media, everybody in the White House 
has been running with this idea that Biden had a that was a big win passing an Inflation Reduction Act that didn't reduce inflation. This is how they think in Washington. This is politics as usual. Think about that. Ah, we passed a bill. That's a win. No, it's not a win. If the if it's an inflation reduction bill, again, if the bill is called fix the potholes and you're going to create more potholes, then you didn't actually pass a good bill. That's true. That is true. And that's where we are in inflation reduction. That is actually a loss. And then when you get to the subject of student loan forgiveness, my gosh, student loan forgiveness, do you understand, is a sellout to the rich at the expense of the poor. Why do I say that? Because the top 70% of income earners in this country are the ones who are going to have their debts forgiven 70% of the time. But that debt isn't actually being forgiven. The school isn't being like, no, no, we're good. This isn't Pulp Fiction, where Marcellus Wallace, where the Ving Rhames character, tells Bruce Willis, there is no you and me. <laughs> That's, this is not, they're not forgetting the relationship ever happened like it's Pulp Fiction. Correct the mundo. No, no, no. This is the college still wants their money. Okay, this is very much Goodfellas, where they're like, now Paulie wants his money. Business is slow. Pay me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Expenses went up. You pay me. Okay, that's what we're dealing with. The colleges want their money. So student loan forgiveness didn't forgive the debt, as you know. They just took that debt and passed the obligation on to the taxpayer. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. So do you understand, when someone is writing an op-ed in The Hill talking about, you know, the White House and full momentum, okay, the White House knows, they know that these bills aren't going to win them any votes in the midterms. Why am I saying that? Because the White House isn't campaigning on these bills. They're campaigning on Trump voters are fascists. Okay, that is the message right now. That's what's going on in our politics. We've been highlighting this for the better part of a few days now. Okay, here's Biden's loony clip that started his midterm push Thursday night. It's clip six. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. That is offensive, and it is not true. Okay, the MAGA Republicans are not a threat to this country. There's nobody out there rising up. If they were, you'd be hearing about it at every turn. Nobody in the Republican Party. We don't hate anybody. We don't want to take anybody's rights. When you're running on pretend arguments, it's because your real argument sucks. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, bottom line. Again, the things they're framing as wins are not considered wins by anybody else. They're not running. They're not running on climate climate change. No way. That's just white privilege garbage. Think anybody in the inner cities right now struggling to pay bills, dealing with a 35-year spike in murders, cares what the weather's going to do in 20 years? No, nobody cares. So they can't run on that. Here's the rest of Biden yelling over the weekend, MAGA Republicans don't accept elections. Here it is, clip two. I'm not talking all Republicans. I'm talking about these extreme MAGA Republicans. Think about it. Think about it. The definition of democracy 
is you accept the will of the people when the votes are honestly counted. These guys don't do it. Name me a democracy in the world where a leader argues to engage in violence. To this day, MAGA Republicans in Congress defend the mob that stormed the Capitol, and people died later. I mean, come on. This is total crap. Nobody defends the mob. Nobody says January 6th is okay. Where we draw the line is when guys like Biden try to repurpose it as an attempt to overthrow the government. If they wanted to overthrow the government, they would have showed up with a little bit more than MAGA hats and flags and, yes, that loony in the Chewbacca bikini. The point is, okay, he's running very hard on MAGA is the devil. Why? Because you can't get out there and sell a 40-year high in inflation or a porous border or a spiking crime rate. You can't really do that. You know all these studies out right now that show us kids have lost over two years of academic gains? I love the poorly educated. But the point is, he's responsible for a lot of that loss because he didn't stand up to teachers' unions who wanted to stay home and day drink in their pajamas. Rosé all day, girlfriend. So your kids don't know how to read. That's where we are. Okay, and that's where Biden, that's what he is responsible for. Was it ultra MAGA or mega MAGA that put us into this inflationary mess or the border mess or the crime mess? Certainly not the extended lockdown mess. Yes, Trump locked things down in the beginning. But that's why I'm telling you they need to put a shock collar around Trump at the same time. He does a huge rally over the weekend, but he's yelling and screaming about the FBI should overturn the 2020 election. Shut up! Will you shut up? Yo, Trump, for real, okay? Guys, if you're listening, when Trump says things like that, it helps Biden to keep making the case that they're trying to overthrow elections. They don't respect the results of elections. Now, again, that doesn't make, you know, the Democrats the ones with the moral high ground because if denying the legitimate results of an election make you a MAGA fascist, then Karine Jean-Pierre is a MAGA fascist because she tweeted in 2016 that the election was stolen. And then she tweeted in 2019 that Stacey Abrams had her election stolen by Brian Kemp. Stacey Abrams is fully fine. But here's Peter Ducey just moments ago at the White House asking Karine Jean-Pierre about questioning elections. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 oh, Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. (laughs) You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why was it? So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have been I have been well. You're asking me you're asking me a question. Let me answer it. And you said it was ridiculous. I was. I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. You can't handle the truth. She is lying, lying her fanny off. Okay, here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. She said she was just re- referring to votes that were under attack at the time. That was what she just said. To be clear, your comparison is ridiculous. Okay, here is her exact verbatim tweet. p.m., my birthday, December 17th, 2016. Hey, girl. Okay, Kyle Griffin, if you know him, a little bit of a left-wing media shill. 
had written, so if a foreign nation takes something of ours, we should just let them keep it? And that's a picture of uh, a Donald Trump tweet. He posted a tweet saying Trump stole the election. Karine Jean-Pierre writes, stolen emails, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. That's Karine Jean-Pierre. Is she talking about any rights that were under attack? The answer would be no. She talking about it. Any issues of the day that people were trying to take from voters? The answer would be no. Again, stolen emails, meaning he stole Hillary's emails. Stolen drone, they claim. Stolen election. Welcome to the world of President Trump. She says Donald Trump stole an election. Now get her out. Get her out of here. Uh, understand, by the same standard of the day, Biden wants you to believe that's treason. That's overthrowing. That's fascism. These folks deny legitimate elections. That's what Biden said. Okay, we're going to play that clip again for a second here. Here it is, clip two. I'm not talking all Republicans. I'm talking about these extreme MAGA Republicans. Think about it. Think about it. The definition of democracy is you accept the will of the people when the votes are honestly counted. These guys don't do it. Name me a democracy in the world where a leader argues to engage in violence. To this day, MAGA Republicans in Congress defend the mob that stormed the Capitol and people died later. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Nobody defends the mob. They don't think it's okay. But again, what did he just say? Okay, the extreme MAGA Republicans, think about it. Think about it. These are Biden's words. Think about it. Think about it. The definition of democracy is you accept the will of the people when the votes are honestly counted. That's what he said. The definition of democracy is you accept the will of the people when the votes are honestly counted. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre. Okay. Stolen email, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. Does that sound like she's respecting the will of the people after the votes were counted? The answer would be no. I'll do you one better. March the 12th, 2019. Here's Polly Ollie doodles all day. <laughs> this is the joy of Twitter and doing news. They're like, let's go to Big Dong 69. <laughs> these people have these terrible handles. But here's Kareem Jean-Pierre, okay, responding to a tweet on Twitter. This is 5.56 p.m. on the East Coast, March the 12th, 2019. Ask if this sounds like someone who accepts the will of the people after all the votes were counted. Just heard Republican Ryan Costello on MSNBC say to Corrine Jean-Pierre it would be difficult for Stacey Abrams to win since she lost her state bid. We all know damn well there was massive voter suppression and cheating, so I wouldn't call it a loss for Stacey Abrams. I call it a stolen election. To which Corrine Jean-Pierre writes back, yes, the race was stolen. Oh, so by Joe Biden's definition of not accepting the results of a legitimate election, Corrine Jean-Pierre was a fascist? Like, I'm just confused. How does this work? Or does it only matter when it's a demo? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, it's only wrong if Republicans do it. If Democrats do it, it's perfectly fine. What the hell is the world coming to? It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together. Barely, barely. No thanks to our elected officials. You got Biden saying half the country's a fascist. Here's Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. She's been in the back and forth with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. It was, of course, Eric Adams here in New York City before her who started trashing Abbott when he wasn't ordering bottle service at the nightclub downtown. Eric Abbott is so funny. You know, as a former cab driver, I know everybody in the nightclub industry. Everyone, everyone knows Eric Adams. Guy goes out every night. He's a wannabe like celebrity mayor. He's not actually doing anything. He's just out on the town making friends, popping bottles with models. Wants to run for president, but is he actually doing anything at all to help the people in New York? The answer would be no. It's embarrassing. But here's Mayor Lori Lightfoot echoing the sentiments of Eric Adams. What happened? Texas Governor Greg Abbott, being overwhelmed at the border, does not have the full support of our federal government in securing our border. So Abbott started busing migrants instead of overwhelming small Texas towns. He started busing migrants to blue cities, hoping that these mayors would say, whoa, what's going on here? And maybe, oh, I don't know, instead of getting mad at Abbott, get mad at the guy who isn't actually securing the border, meaning Joe Biden. But the Democrats, as always, have closed ranks and tried to make this, oh, Abbott's a bad guy. No, no, it's not the guy who left the border open. It's not the guy who's responsible for a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. No, no, let's get mad at the Republican. Here is Lori Lightfoot, who is supposed to be a mayor of a sanctuary city. When, you know, you don't have anywhere to go as an illegal migrant, you come to Chicago, you'll be welcome to Chicago. It's like, haven't these people suffered enough? They've got to live in downtown Chicago. They're already fleeing cartel violence and food insecurity and corrupt governments. Now you got to stick them in the middle of Chicago? Good gosh. But as it turns out, she didn't mean it when she said it was a sanctuary city. Here it is, clip 24. I think it's decidedly unpatriotic and un-American. Um, I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. We see that on a daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. This is creating a human crisis. And treating people without dignity, without respect, it's not what we are as Americans. And it's, frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct on the part of the governor of Texas. We can and must do better as Americans. I mean, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay, if it's inhumane, it's inhumane to ship these migrants somewhere else. Which is why I need to ship these migrants somewhere else. What an idiot. (laughs) She doesn't want them there. Okay, but again, we're only in this position. Why? Because Biden won't secure the border. That's why we're here. Just secure the damn border. You don't have to fight with Greg Abbott. You have to fight with Joe Biden. Greg Abbott is a strategically brilliant move to bring attention to this border crisis. And yes, to force other states who are in favor of an open border to share the burden of that open border. Why? In what world should the United States of America hand one of our 50 states the bill for our entire national border's failure? It's a scam. So Abbott's doing the right thing, and they're just not having it. And it's a lot easier to get mad at Abbott than it is Biden because he's a member of the party. And at the end of the day, the Democrats don't care about people. They care about the Democratic Party. I agree with that. I'm sure he's not the only one. We'll talk about it with Kevin Walling next.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I'm not going to lie, we're taking a real risk by having this next guest on. No, not because he's a Democrat, but because I've seen the way this guy parties over Labor Day weekend. Gosh knows what's on the other end of this phone call right now. Democratic strategist Kevin Walling is back here to clean himself up. Hey, girl. Hey, brother. Good to be with you. Thank God we're not on camera. I'm, I'm just sticking to the phone. Yo, you want to laugh? Let's have a good laugh uh, as two guys who go on TV. Uh, I was on America's Newsroom this morning. I was originally scheduled for 1015 Eastern. And I got Lincoln off to his first day of high school, jumped on the train, and uh, they needed to move my hit up. Uh, so at about 9.15 this morning, they were like, hey, can you be on the set at 9.40? Now, at the time, I was still on the Long Island Railroad. So I have you know, you're talking about some real hustle between the railroad, the subway, the sprint. But the point being, Walling, is after the weekend like the one you probably had, I had to jump on newsroom today with no makeup, no powder, no nothing. Uh, was there a trigger warning that went out to all the audience <laughs> before the commercial break? Dana actually asked our viewers to switch to standard definition. She's, yeah, good she's, Lord. <laughs> she's like, if there's standard definition, do I owe the American people an open letter apology? Is that where we're at here? I'm, it's been four hours. I'm surprised you haven't. Fail is fail is silence about makeupless appearance speaks volumes. Someone's writing the article right now. It's crazy. Um, but I know you're out in a battle over the oh, Labor Day weekend. I, I want to make sure you didn't spend it calling Republicans fascists, did you? Just a few of them, and they're only semi. <laughs> not, not all the way. Yo, why? Listen, you're the they're best. Fascist light. You're the best. <laughs> it's, fa- it's, like, it's fascist ultra, like Michelob beer. Um, now I don't doubt. I don't doubt that this works with some people, but his own justification. Because I don't like the strategy. I'm not bringing you on the bash Biden because I know you're invited to the White House Christmas party and you want to get thrown off the list. I respect that. Okay, but stick with me. Okay, his own words were: he's not talking about all Republicans. They've kind of walked it back. I'm talking about the extreme MAGA. Think about it. Think about it. The definition of democracy is you accept the will of the people when the votes are honestly counted. They don't do it. By that definition, is Corrine Jean-Pierre a semi-fascist for saying 2016 was stolen? Well, I think – I mean she, she had that exchange today with Peter Ducey in, mm-hmm. uh, in the press briefing room. You know, she, she can defend her own tweets. I'm not going to speak on her behalf. But she was talking about the situation in Georgia with Brian Kemp running against uh, mm-hmm. – uh, Stacey Abrams and stuff like that. So I think, you know, that, that is what it is. I think, you know, there, there's a lot of fear in terms of what is coming still out of 2020. And, you know, I thought it was important for the president to clarify those mar- remarks. I wrote an op-ed on Fox News saying that, uh, that, uh, that he needed to do that because 74 million uh, Americans are not all semi-fascists or not fascists whatsoever. They're patriots, just like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I date a guy who's a Republican, so, you know, I'm, I don't want to get thrown out of my bedroom for saying that. So, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you know I, I think, you know, it was important for him to clarify that. He again clarified it with Peter Ducey uh, last week as well with an important exchange. Because, uh, again, you know, I, campaigns aren't, you know, beanbag here, and you run to win. And I think he's he's pursuing this strategy to hopefully divide Republicans uh, now nine weeks out. I think on this is I think on some level we're talking to Democratic strategist Kevin Walling. 
Um, I, I do think, obviously, this is an internal calculation. And it's a lot easier to run on, you know, MAGA is the devil than it is to run on the state of a lot of things in the country people prioritize. You know what I mean? You know, the economy's not totally. great, border's not great. So you get it, and you concede that, and I appreciate that about you. But on some level, and this might rile some of the Republicans listening, isn't Trump kind of playing into this strategy by truth socialing things like the FBI should overturn the election? A hundred percent. I mean, you, you and I have known each other a long time. I think we've always been honest with one another. Listen, if the, if the midterm election was a referendum on Joe Biden, Democrats would be in trouble. So I, I think rightly you're seeing this this pivot to, OK, you know, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And, you know, he's really greasing Donald Trump and Donald Trump is loving it. You know, obviously not so much the search of his uh, home in Mar-a-Lago, but certainly being back uh, in the national spotlight and having all of these Republicans, especially anyone who would potentially run against him in 2024, pledge fealty to him. And we know, you know, just as, you know, Donald Trump won more Republican votes than any Republican president in history. But, you know, Joe Biden won eight million more. And this was a high turnout election, I think, specifically in in regards to Donald Trump. He's a hugely polarizing figure, whether you love him or hate him. And there is not much in between. So I think what you're seeing is the president making a calculation that as long as Donald Trump is in the news, Democrats are going to look pretty much a lot better comparatively. Yeah, I, th- I mean, he's definitely catering to that. Like if you're trying to mobilize the base, I hate Trump totally. is a really good message. It he's is a, both, a base motivator, motivator for both sides. Yeah, it is. It's true. But isn't it on some level like I we're in a really bad spot in our politics because this is a, you know, obviously one of his central campaign promises was I'm going to unite the country, you know, now calling half the country fascist or saying it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The point is, I haven't seen a big effort to unite the country. Yeah, I mean, you look at every inaugural address going back to George Washington, they all pledged to unite the country. I mean, you, you have that euphoric moment of the of the passing of power mm-hmm. and you speak to the you know the grandeur that is america and then politics intervenes and i think you know you've seen this president notch a ton of bipartisan wins in a way that you know his immediate pre- predecessors obama and trump and others haven't been able to do so i think that speaks volumes in terms of getting all this bipartisanship done with regards to infrastructure guns veterans uh you know american excellence with regards to competition against china and things like that let that speak for an ability to get things done in a bipartisan fashion, and you know we'll we'll figure out how to unite this country. But Jimmy, you and I both know this country has really very rarely been united. We've mm-hmm. fought civil wars, we've fought civil rights wars, yep. we've been you know hugely divided uh, in, in a polarized society, and no one really is able to bring us together. I think that is actually what makes it great pluralism mm-hmm. uh, that we can fight each other like crazy. Me and you, I can stick the IRS. On you, which is going to happen again yep. this year. <laughs> Audit uh, number four, and, and baby. You like me, you at know, least, and have me on your show. At least you admit it. Kevin Walling's on the show, openly inviting the IRS to audit me for a fourth time, and that's. I've fun. got his address. I'm ready. <laughs> don't believe me. They don't need it. They've got everything. <laughs> They've got all kinds of wild stuff. And we're I want to. Link- we're, we're taking. We're getting Lincoln too. We're just going to take. We've him. had it. He's <laughs> got to have a birthday card out there that's undeclared income. <laughs> Somebody gave him twenty bucks or a gift card to Xbox. You're right, Walling. You guys fight dirty. Well, I listen, I agree on the, the fact that we're supposed to have a right to agree to disagree. 
But I, I feel like it's being disingenuously sold on one side as like a threat to everything because I've never heard I've never heard the voters openly attacked. Like when Hillary had her basket of deplorables moment, to her credit, she was saying that at a private event. She had the good sense. She never would have gotten in front of a microphone and said, yeah, these people suck. I hate them, even if that's how she felt. Like it's weird that he is launching, and he did launch a direct attack on the voters. I know they're trying to split hairs now because they have walked it back a little bit but trump would like call rosie o'donnell fat or go after the women on the view but it was very he didn't go like directly to the voters so if we just hit a I new mean, low like where are we walling donald trump called democrats writ large cowardice uh traitors to the country he's called biden now just the other day an enemy of the state so i'm talking about yes elected leaders but i'm not talking about that? voters like it, it sounded like a direct hit on the voter didn't it with like the biden one which i just thought was weird well, I think at, you know, as you as you just said, he he clarified his remarks, and that you know there were thousands of people that stormed the Capitol on January sixth that weren't representative of the seventy four million Americans that voted for Donald Trump. But you know, you have these moments with you know you know Mitt Romney and the forty seven percent of us are lazy and mm-hmm. non you know you know what have you. What he said in a private event. You private said, event. You know, That's Hillary, what I'm saying. Hillary Clinton. Private Can, event. Wallen, you got and, me defending Mitt and Hillary here. Do you see what's going amen. on? Come on board, brother. No, and, the, no. and the remarks on semi-fascism, that was at a private event with Joe Biden as well. That was not the rally. That was a private event to donors that was held in Maryland, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Those three kind of parallels with Mitt, Hillary, and the president. Um, who pays the lighting budget for that level of red light when you give a speech in <laughs> Philadelphia? Is that the taxpayer? Or is that the cast of V for Vendetta? Did we just bill it to their production? I mean, it was pretty dramatic. I'm not going to lie. I uh, I probably would have staged it just a little differently. Thank you. Uh, but which, uh, the optics which, were kind of wild. Which, by the way, Kev, Kevin Walling, just so everyone knows, because I own a politics to English dictionary, and you know I appreciate you to the moon and back. When you say I would have staged it a little bit differently, that means when you were looking at it live, you actually said to the TV, what the f*** is he doing out there? <laughs> You don't have to confirm or deny those allegations. My listener knows. They trust me. I'm staying on that Christmas invite no matter what you make me try and say. <laughs> this guy show. just wants an open bar at the White House. And I don't Amen. blame him. I don't blame him. I don't blame I'm the him. Democrat that goes on Fox News. I need to drink on the company's di- uh, on the country's <laughs> diet to put up with you all. Hey, did we beat Big Pharma last year? Because I don't chalk it up as a win, and that's what he was yelling yesterday. Hell yes, we did. Wow! Hold on, Walling. We I'm throwing the challenge flag. Give it to me. What do you mean? We uh, we're now Medicare can negotiate the price of prescription drugs. That's a huge thing. Big Pharma spent hundreds of millions of dollars lobbying against that, mm-hmm. and we were able to beat him as part of the the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, that's but a huge if, deal that, that's country. one quarter of the game. There's this other quarter of the game where they got trillions of dollars in forced vaccines. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you are you asking for a halftime prize? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, they're making out okay. There's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's not hurting. Uh-huh. Certainly in this country, mm. but it's a big deal for American consumers, especially those that need their uh, their drugs, their cost, their drugs cap. No, uh, listen, no doubt, help every single America. But again, I do think we have dueling definitions of victory. Oh, of course we do. <laughs> God love you, Kevin Walling. I admire your honesty. Now you're quoting Joe Biden. God love you. What, what are you turning into? You're defending Mitt Romney and, and Hillary, and now you're saying God love you. What is going on here? I'm doing nothing. What's your midterm? We're going to talk a lot between now and the midterms. What is your gut right now with 63 days to go? Do you think you're holding the house? 
I think we I think we hold the Senate, uh, and I think we lose the House by a few votes. It's going to be a few seats. It's going to be tight, man. Uh, Herschel Walker took a lead in Georgia. People like Herschel Walker. Plus, it's football season, so it's a yeah. tough. You know, as the Bulldogs go, I think the Georgia Senate race goes. The two that's obviously. A good prediction. I mean, that's his that's his whole career. I right? mean, that, I mean yeah, yeah. What he's running on. Well, here's the thing. I think that I think the key race is obviously is the ones everyone's talking about are Oz and Fetterman, and of course in Ohio, JD Vance, you know, Tim Ryan. Um, I I expect J.D. Vance to win that in Ohio. What do you think there? You know, Ohio is our, our hope for Democrats every single cycle. We get our hopes up, and uh, and they're usually dashed. I mean, Obama, I think, was the last one to win it, and I think he won it for his second term, too. Yep. But we haven't had a good – you know, we haven't fielded really good candidates, unfortunately, in the last couple of cycles. So it's, it's, it's an uphill battle, no doubt. But as Democrats go, Tim Ryan is the best one in terms of populism. Union backing, talks the talk, walks the walk. I mean, he is Ohio through and through. And you compare it to JD, you know, San Francisco JD. The heck with him, you know. So what? Next, you're going to tell me Dr. Oz isn't from Pennsylvania? Uh, That's news to me. (laughs) No, I mean, it's you know, Senate recruiting is where it's at. I mean, Mitch McConnell said the same thing. It's much more personality driven than you know the yeah. state you know than house races where you're right you know that that are much more about party id no you're right no you make you that that's a good point there i i've been fascinated by all of it but i did think you know if we were just going to talk on a su- superficial level the dr oz thing with the crudite was so funny because if, oh, a, yeah. if a democrat said that we would be murdering them around the clock and I, I, I admit to these things because I, I, I want there, you know, when they say there's a double standard, there's no standard. You see, I actually want there to be a single standard. Like I talked about rhetoric at the beginning of this interview, uh, which you apologize away as politics is a dirty game. But understand, like I, I want it to be. No, if you think it's awful that they do it, you shouldn't do it either. But instead, we just this is why we can't have nice things is the point. Your flippant attitude towards double standards is why the country's a wreck. It's actually your individual fault. You know that, right? Well, to quote you, God love you, Demi. <laughs> Walling. I know you got to go rent the tux for that White House keg party, so uh, thank you for your time hey, we got today. The, we're, we're unveiling the Obama portraits this week. That's one well, this week on Thursday. Yeah, I know. See how they look. That Obama portrait, that, that's a, I said it earlier, that's a fascinating meeting between the guy who runs the country in the modern age and Joe Biden. That's going to be really yeah. neat to see. But uh, is, is Obama the president? Be honest. No, he's not the president. Get out of here. <laughs> well, you're the best. Just, yeah, a couple of cheap shots for the road. I'll see you soon, buddy. You know it. You're the best. All right, can't wait, Jimmy. My man, sure. the great Kevin Walling. Always like talking to Walling. We have a good time. We don't agree on a lot, uh, but he's a funny guy, and he's a brilliant guy, and he's very honest about if you back him into a corner on something Biden did completely and totally wrong, he'll just flat out admit he's not going to cop to it because he wants to get invited into that White House Christmas party. Listen, this is what you're dealing with, okay? Kevin Walling is a strategist, comes on TV. But Kevin Walling is no different than lawmakers. You know, everybody kind of does know where their bread is buttered. And that's why I always tell you, like most of Washington, it's one party, man. You gotta know that. I'm not talking about Wallen. Wallen's a strategist. He's a great guy. I'd hang out with him at you know 366 days a year. He's fantastic. Jenny loves him on the telly. Lincoln thinks he's funny. He's fine. It's great. Um, but most of the politicians in Washington, like they are part of just one bigger party, and it's pro wrestling. Like he wasn't lying 
when he said that Biden calling people fascists, that's good strategy. That's what they view it as, good strategy. They don't view it as, oh, that's a double standard. We were mad at Trump's rhetoric. We said it was divisive. No, no, no. They just come out there and say, ah, fascism. You know, just like when I said, hey, guys, promised to unite the party and he's to reunite the country. He's not even trying. And Walling was like, ah, oh, they all say things in the inaugural address. The point being is, you know, today and every day. This is politics as usual. That's all it ever is. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. Going to be on the telly tonight with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf here at Fox News. He's the best. Love him. Love his staff. They're all great. Uh, Dagan McDowell is going to be on the show tonight with me, and she is thrilled to work with me again. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. All right, relax. But Dagan will be there. She's fired up. Tom Shalhoub. Tom Shalhoub is going to be there as well. That's going to be a banger. I'm, I'm pumped up for that. It's a good night. And Greg is back. I got to fill in for him last week on The Five, which was a big deal on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I sat in his seat on the five, and I was filling in for him yesterday. We had the fives back to school special. If you missed it, we posted it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. That's the community where this show kind of gets together and does its thing. So if you're not a part of that page, please go there and check it out. You can message me. Um, I do respond to those messages myself, uh, and you will know that it is me responding when you see the quality of the grammar. I admire your honesty. I don't mean that in a good way. I, <laughs> like, you know, I talk a lot on the air about how I went to community college and didn't really attend class, spent most of my adult life driving a cab. When you read my messages, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's all true. That's definitely true. There's no, there is no way this man has any formal background in anything. But that's what kind of makes the show fun. Okay, this is a, for all intents and purposes, you know the old NASCAR phrase, we're going to ride it like we stole it? Uh, that's Fox Across America today and every day. We drive it like we stole it. We have a good time, a lot of honest conversations, a lot of laughs. Yeah, we sound a little nuts, but, hey, the world's on fire. If somebody doesn't get out some sticks and roast a couple of marshmallows, we're all just going to get engulfed in the flames. My job is to keep everybody cool. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Well, the point is, even if you can't dig it, the show's over. Pay up and get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.